It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you grow your e-commerce business faster and more efficiently by cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and guidance from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello, Master Plan World. Welcome to our latest podcast. It is, as you all know, it always is a pleasure to have you all out there listening. I'm Chloe Thomas, the creator of the e-commerce Master Plan. I'm an author, speaker and advisor, and I focus on e-commerce business strategy and marketing. Now, last time we talked to Liz from Runway Passport about how her business grew out of her blog about fashion shows. You can join in the chat about that episode and anything else e-commerce in our Facebook group, which is completely free. It's the e-commerce Master Plan World Facebook group. And you can find it, either search for it on Facebook or go to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash Facebook. Now, today we have another author interview. So we're going to be diving deep into the world of conversion rate optimization. Johan van Tonder is the co-author of E-commerce Website Optimization: Why 95% of your website visitors don't buy and what you can do about it. Now, we all need the answers to that question. Um, now, in his day job, he's a CRO expert at AWA Digital, working with clients all over the world. Um, hi, Johan. Hello, Chloe. Nice talking to you. Likewise. Now, I've just given our listeners like a ridiculously quick interview, uh, interview overview of you and your business and, uh, and what your book's about. But before we dive fully into the book, how did you get involved in the world of e-commerce? Right. So in the late 90s, I was working at a, at a media company. And uh, this was just as internet was taking off. So Amazon uh, was starting to uh, to surface uh, in the news media. And um, this company that I was working at at the time was transforming themselves from a media company to an internet uh, company. It, it, they've done this very successfully today, mm-hmm. uh, just on 20, 20 years on. They're a $90 billion uh, e-commerce investment company with e-commerce properties around the world. And I was in on the ground floor. So I was there at the right time in the right place, as they say. And um, yeah, I took full advantage of it. Uh, learned a lot about e-commerce um, uh, on the job. So you were involved in helping them set up those e-commerce operations and get the websites working and performing and bringing in the revenue. Yeah, and as you would expect, we were completely naive. I mean, it's, it's, it's you know, we didn't know what we were doing. There, there was no blueprint. There were no books. There was mm-hmm. no, uh, you know, with Amazon, we're doing interesting things. But, you know, the way we did it was, okay, there's somebody in the U.S. selling books online. Hey, let's do that. Uh, now there's somebody <laughs> selling wine online. Hey, let's do that. It's, and there was, there, was, there was nothing, no resource to go to to see how, how it's well done when you're business. Mm-hmm. Um, and the rest, and it was all IT driven, right? Because in Internet was a technical thing, so it sat in the IT division of a big company like the one I was working in. Mm-hmm. So it was all very interesting, and we wasted a lot of money um, and and made a lot of mistakes and learned a lot of lessons out of that. And so now you take all those lessons and all that money that was wasted learning those lessons and uh, and use that to help businesses all over the world to improve their conversion rate optimization. Yeah, it's it's a good school um, to do it that way. It's a very expensive schooling. But, um, and, you know, I wouldn't say it's the last uh, mistake I made, you know, we, but we hopefully make them once only and um, then, uh, then apply that lesson. Um, and that's part of the lean methodology, which I'm a big fan of, you know, try um, and uh, put something out there, see how it works, uh, measure it and make an adjustment. 
So do you want to just quickly explain lean for people who are um, unfamiliar with the concept? Because it's it's kind of a management philosophy, isn't it? In its broadest yeah, sense. Yeah, it is. It's it's a it, it's it's purely it's a system of mainly I think starting up. Uh, but also running a business, and mm-hmm. and it th- there are a couple of tenets to it, um, but the the central one is to say, um, we make a lot of assumptions when we think about new businesses or new products or new features. If you're an existing business, the, the or a whole range of assumptions are embedded in it, and instead of spending a year or six months or whatever it is building the full thing out, let's um, launch with just a. a the bare minimum and the bare minimum that allows us to test this assumption, to validate this assumption. So we look at the most critical assumption, we put it out in the market and we see how the market responds. And in that way, we know whether we're on the right track or whether we need to adjust. And it's a way of managing um, your risk. So it's all about really working out what the critical factors are and getting the answers on those before you build a you know, £100,000 website. You, yeah, exactly you, you check someone actually wants the product. It's <laughs> that yeah, kind of yeah. thing. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Uh, right. Well, look, let's, let's, I think it's time we talked about the book. So what led you and your co-author to write, to decide it was time for you to write a book on conversion rate optimization? Yeah. So we had read every book on uh, conversion rate optimization, CRO, um, and th- th- a lot of them are really good. But there weren't any books focusing on e-commerce specifically. And the one or two that touched on it, we thought it was just scratching the surface. And um, our publisher, Kogan Page, agreed with us that there was a a big gap in the literature um, around optimizing e-commerce sites. A lot on optimization in general, but nothing focusing on e-commerce to the extent that uh, we've done in this book. And what we set out to do really was to write a book for our younger selves. So look back five years and, you know, plowing through all those mistakes that I m- referred mm-hmm. to earlier, you know, creating content for that person who's in that position and what you should be doing next. And and, and it, it is that. It is a, a practical guide, a how-to guide, um, taking you through the entire process from day one. Uh, what should you do and how does the process unfold from there on? And I think just to, just before we get get into what's actually in the book, I I think it's so important for people in e-commerce to make sure they're reading literature about e-commerce because it is because of the fact there's actual money changing hands and that's your big fat KPI. It does change the approach and the ways you go about doing things in so many different areas and it's it's something which I'm often I often think I'm kind of a filter to help people find content that's actually about e-commerce rather than reading content that's about brand awareness or about you know um, driving leads or something like that because it is a there's a there's a different spin on it isn't there yeah completely you know I I think there are a couple of things that you have to um, read up on if you're in e-commerce the one obviously is is business you know it's you operate in a in a business context you want to make you don't make a good profit and you've got to understand things like the pnl and and how money flows through it and how money is generated in in a business um and, and all the the laws that underpin that um you've got to understand marketing principles you've got to understand some consumer psychology um but you've got to bring this home to um, e-commerce and you've got to see how those things uh, apply to, to to selling things online um, 
so, so yeah, I, th- I think there are a couple of, of fields, um, but but you've got you've got to add some e-commerce material into that. Oh, definitely. Okay, so the book um, you mentioned it's that practical how-to that takes you through all the different stages. I have to say, it is seriously comprehensive. I mean, it it goes into all the different facets that come together into CRO. This isn't just about tweaking your website. This is about tweaking your business. I would say, was that a conscious decision to do to do the whole thing and not just to talk what goes where? Yeah, I think it's it's implicit. You know, I think when you maybe the mistake that people make when they think about CRO and that in itself, and we say this in the book as well, conversion rate optimization is such a massive misnomer. Um, you know, this concept of optimizing your conversion rate, that's a potentially very misleading metric. Maybe we can get to that, but let's park that for now. Um, but it's not just about that. It's not just about um, conversion rate, essentially, you know, the, the ratio of people who, who visit your website compared to how many buy. Um, it, it, it's there are so many factors and variables that go into that. You, you can't just look at that in isolation. You've got to look at the broader piece. Um, so you're right. You know, it's it, it it does touch on a on a wide range of things that perhaps many readers will think fall outside of the the, the ambit. But um, definitely, it's um, it's part of your it it, it is. It, it, it is a it is a business imperative. It is a strategic imperative. So you know you've got to look at it holistically. Yeah, and it, it's it's one of those things. A lot of smaller retailers will say to me, "Oh, I've got a, I've got a terrible conversion rate. I've got a terrible conversion rate." And I'm like, well, look, before we decide you've got a terrible conversion rate, let's go and have a look at at least the traffic source report on Google. You know, on Google Analytics, let's go and see if all your traffic sources are performing badly, or if you've just got bad traffic, because it's it is you know even at for the smallest of retailers, there are that, you know, it comes down to a traffic or it comes down to product or, you know, is this because your best-selling product's been out of stock for the last month? It's, there's so many moving parts. And I, I definitely want to come back to you saying that CRO is a misleading uh, phrase for this discipline. So do you want to expand on that? Because I thought that was a really interesting point. Yeah, so for, for e-commerce specifically, there are models where I think business models where perhaps conversion rate is the most appropriate metric and you want to optimize for that. But, you know, we, we, can, we can have a scenario in e-commerce uh, where you increase your conversion rate, but at the same time, your revenue overall drops, uh, your profit overall drops. And the converse is true as well. You could, you could be um, – you could be doing it, doing it the other way around, where where your revenue goes up but your conversion rate drops. And you know, it, which would you rather have? Would you rather have a higher conversion rate, or would you rather have rather have a higher um, uh, revenue and profit? Uh, you can't bank conversion rate. <laughs> you certainly can't. I, that's that's a really really good point, and it's um, it's one, you know, I I, it's a bit like. You know, back in the day when we'd all talk about social media and trying to grow our Twitter accounts, it's like, well, I can get anyone 10,000 Twitter followers in about yeah. three days, but they're not necessarily quality ones. Like, I can get any e commerce website up to 10,000 visits a month. Might not make you any money. It might cost you an awful lot, but I can do it. It's like, yeah. it's probably the same. It is the same with conversion rate optimization. I can find a way of getting your conversion rate to 10%. However, well, it, you might it, only it, get 10 visits a month. <laughs> well, 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 here's that way. If you want to magically double your conversion rate or maybe even more just drop all your prices just sell it below cost your conversion rate will shoot through the roof 
Yeah, Tur- turn off your experimental Google AdWords. Oh, look, yeah. <laughs> up went the conversion rate. Um, yeah. So that's why I'm saying it's a misleading, um, it's a misleading uh, metric. Now, the way to use conversion rate is exactly the way you described it. That's the, the conversion rate has its place, and one way of dealing with it meaningfully is to compare different traffic sources, um, and it doesn't have to be only traffic sources, but to compare different segments um, with each other. You know, Avinash Kaushik, the, the um, thought leader in Google Analytics, he always says that um, the way to get the most out of GA is to apply segments to everything, and um, uh, then you could build on that and to say, now you can start comparing the performance of those various segments. Uh, and one way of doing it is to to look at the conversion rate of those um, various segments. I mean, another one that's, uh, that's commonly done is, uh, and you'll hear a lot of people complain about their low mobile conversion rates. You know, so people compare mm-hmm. uh, desktop versus mobile conversion rate. Um, and, and that's already a little bit more meaningful, but even that, there's there, there's so many gaps in that uh, superficial analysis. Um, you know, yeah. you, you want to dig deeper. Yeah, it's it's all about digging deeper, isn't it? But I I, I I'm very much a fan of using conversion rate as a as a comparative. And I I personally, and I, I'm interested in your opinion on this as well. Would you say, actually no? I'm going to hold that question and come back to it because I wanted to double check something on what you were just saying about you're talking about using segments on Google Analytics. Are we talking about purely those segments that you set at the top of the screen where you're filtering all the data? Or are we talking kind of in the wider, we might go and look at the source media report, we might go and look at landing pages. So we might, so is it essentially anything we're comparing in Google Analytics? Yeah, yeah any, so a high level report, what GA gives you uh, by default is aggregate numbers. Um, you know, so it's, it's everything um, in totality. But of course, we know that you know, there is no average visitor. It, it no. doesn't exist. You know, the average uh, person has 2.3 children, but show me somebody who has 2.3 <laughs> children. They have two children or three children. Um, so you, you've got to slice it up. Um, and this will differ for every business. You know, I can't sit here and say how, which segments you should decide on. I, you know, it, it depends on your model. It depends on your where you spend money to, to attract traffic at your site. It depends on, um, you know, how your, how your model is set up. But to answer your question, there are essentially two ways in which you can um, segment in Google Analytics. Um, the first one is is inline in the report itself. Um, if, if you look at the report, whatever report, let's say the traffic report, then at, at the top of the of the grid towards the left, there's something that says, uh, it's a drop down that says, I think, primary uh, source and then mm-hmm. secondary source. You can click on that. And the other way of doing it is to, to set up advanced segments. And that's a, a trick that a lot of people miss. Uh, you can uh, uh, answer virtually any question. This is a bold statement, but I, I, will, <laughs> I will stick with it. You can answer virtually any question by just just being clever about how you set up those um, segments. You know, it's, it's you can go really, really deep in advanced segments in GA. The only thing you've got to be careful of when you do that is when you slice it up 
um, so thinly, uh, then you might end up with very small sample sizes. And, um, you know, then you've got to be careful of the, 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 the interpretations you make. You know, can you really extrapolate that to the broad audience um, in a way that's valid? Um, but it's still a good exercise. You know, it's the kind of thing you have to be aware of. It's a little, little caveat, but it, it, it's, it's a, a far um, more intelligent way of using GA. In fact, uh, let's call it what it is. Using GA in any other way is pointless. Oh, there's a bold statement. Oh, bold, bold statement. Okay, cool. <laughs> I like that. And, uh, and I, I would have to say I, I completely agree with you as well. You know, we all, we, you and I know, those who use, use segments a lot know that um, it's, it's perfectly possible to create a segment of people who've come in from your email marketing who are in Australia who um, came in via mobile and see what they did. But if you can't, if there's nothing you can learn off the back of that to influence performance, then yes, it's interesting, but it's not necessarily mm. worth looking at, as yeah, well yeah. as the, the whole statistical significance side of things. Yeah. All right, I'm going to come back, come back to that, that kind of big question I was going to ask you earlier and stop myself from. Um, we're talking about using conversion rate to compare across segments within Google Analytics. In my opinion, there is no conversion rate benchmark and you should only use conversion rate to compare against yourself. So this time last year, this month last year, between traffic sources, between pages, etc. Um, am I right or am I wrong? I'm happy no, to be wrong. Right. No, 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 I agree with you fully. And I think, you know, so you'll find this question a lot. I'm sure you've, you've come up against the time and time again, like I have. Uh, what is a good conversion rate? Mm. Um, and the answer to that, I can't remember who said this, um, but, but it's, it's the right answer is it's one that's better than the one you had yesterday. <laughs> don't don't care about your competitors. Don't worry about the vertical in which you operate. Don't obsess over what the others are doing. Um, it, it is it, that is a, that is a good way of using conversion rate is to see what am I doing today, and how can I improve that. It, it is essentially conversion rate is not in my mind a statement. It is a question. It is so it's for oh it's followed by a question. So it mm-hmm. is. It is 2% today. How can I move that to 2.5%? How can I move that to, to 3%? It, you know, it, it's got to lead into some action. Yeah, oh, com- completely. Now, I'm going to change tack a little bit now, Johan. And um, I'm going to dive into a couple of sections within the book that I thought were particularly good in terms of either, either you've done them considerably better than I've seen anybody else do it, or they are just topics that, that I'm really pleased you included because everyone seems to overlook it. So the first one of those is um, the whole section on segment personas, which is for those listening, this is exactly the same thing as avatars, basically, in a manner of speaking. Um, and you were talking about in the book, it talks about segmenting personas by goal rather than demographic, which I thought was a really a really nice mind bending but highly useful way of thinking about it rather than thinking about John is 20 years old and he does this think about John has come to the website to do this can you tell us a bit more about that I 
I would have to, I'll answer your question, but before I do, I'll take it a step back and say that personas have a really bad rap, right? Mm-hmm. They um, people frown on them, and 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 there's a there's a quote online. Uh, when I hear personas, I think expensive agency nonsense. And, <laughs> See, that's why I like the goal idea. This is yeah, this is why I liked it. But but this is a fair assessment, you know. A lot of time and money is wasted with personas, and a lot of the personas I've seen and worked with have been just that. It's been a waste of, of mm-hmm. time and money. And the, and the way not to do personas is to sit in the boardroom and think about who are our various personas. You know, who are these avatars that you spoke about and and thumbsuck. That that's a valid way of starting. But then you've got you've got to go out and validate that, and that's where a lot of people stop short. So uh, I'm assuming you've created personas in the right way. That's the first assumption. Um, and if you've done that, then you know you can work with it. So what I mean by segmenting them by goals instead of, um, of demographics, and I often have this, this debate with people. So a client would say, well, you know, we know that this particular, say, category of clothing um, is bought by um, a, a 25-year-old um, who lives in a particular area. And... It, Sometimes, in very few um, uh, scenarios, you'll find that it is the appropriate way to slice um, your audience to say that, yeah, the the business model or this particular vertical, this particular category, um, it's built around that. It targets um, that particular demographic. But in Mm -hmm. most cases, you'll find that what leads people to take a decision is not how old they are. It's not where they live. It's not whether they're male or female. They have a need. We buy stuff because we have needs. That's basic marketing. Mm -hmm. Um, And you've got to be able to put your finger on that need. You've got to be able to put your finger on what it is that they're trying to achieve by buying the stuff. This goes somewhat into the the jobs to be done framework. I'm sorry to throw out another um, (laughs) piece of jargon there. Um, But I'll explain that by saying just what is your customer trying to achieve by buying this whatever it is that you're selling this widget and 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 that is um for me the best way of um of uh, of splitting the various personas uh is understanding those goals and and separating personas into those uh, goal categories and I, I like that because it very clearly fits with the type of content and the messaging you've got to put on the website to get them to buy it you know it's yeah. it's like it's just, it's just it just fits so nicely with the actions you're going to take to increase increase the number who go on to buy. I'm going to say increase the number who go on to buy, not increase the conversion rate, based on our previous debates today. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it is. It's exactly that. It, 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 people are on your site to do stuff, um, and and it's all about they have a goal, they have they have a need that drives that goal, and they're there to do stuff. And it's exactly what you say. How can you? Um, how can you change things on the website to make it easier for them to do that stuff? Um, it all comes back to that goal. Indeed it does. Well, look, let's. I said I had a couple of um, areas of the, the book I wanted to dive into. The other one is that you've got a whole se- section on uh, merchandising analytics, which for those of you not familiar with the phrase merchandising, I'm talking about optimizing your products. So bestsellers, margin, all that kind of good stuff, which which we rarely talk about on the show, actually, which is is an error on my part, and I will try and bring you more on that in the future. But there's a whole chapter on merchandising analytics, which I thought was, thought was absolutely great. Is there one particular tip from that section you'd be happy to share with the listeners? 
Um, well, the tip would be to do it. And if you do it, then uh, then you're a step ahead of most others because even very sophisticated um, clients that we've worked with, you know, that that's one blind spot. You know, they, they, they look at the analytics, they, they're all over it. They may ha- even have a data scientist to, who's looking at their, their web traffic. Um, and maybe they're scratching the surface, you know, the, so the kind of obvious things are um, leading categories, best-selling products. You know, everyone knows what that is. But how... How how can you dig deeper into that, and how can you how can you uh, understand by tweaking your product mix or by tweaking tweaking the way in which you um, you think about your merchandising, how you present it, how, what you offer, um, the mix behind it. I mean, there, there's so many facets to this. Um, how can that um, change the picture, and by the picture I mean profit. Essentially, um, there are all kinds of interesting things that that jump out here when you start doing um, when you start doing this kind of analysis. So I'll give you one quick example: oh, is um, when you find a particular product that when people buy that product, they tend to buy less from you in future. So it's it's that product that leads people to churn. So they may be very loyal customers and they may have been buying from you for, for four years and and let's assume you have a broad range of products and we've we've seen this in analysis and then there's one particular thing they buy and whether it gives them a bad experience or whatever it is, it, it, it tends to then lead to a drop-off in, um, in, in retention. So, I mean, that's, you know, we, we could have a podcast, as you said, on, on this entirely. And it's, <laughs> yeah. uh, it, you don't know what's going to jump out at you when you, when you look at this. But um, it's an area that a lot of people are just blind to. And, um, yeah, and in, yes. that, in that example, would the solution be to stop promoting that product or to stop selling that product entirely? So the solution in that example would be to find out what the hell's going on. So what I would do uh, and what I have done is then um, go to those uh, customers who bought those products and stopped coming back and having interviews with them. Find out. Uh, now, the question you can't ask, and in the book there's, there's a whole – the various lists of questions you can ask people and all of them are quite you know vague and broad because the kind of thing you can't do is you can't ask a customer why did you stop um using this retailer why did you stop being loyal to this retailer however you want to phrase it because people can't tap into that level of of knowledge um you've got to ask around it um and and you do this not best by not sending out a survey you do this best by having a conversation with them and kind of approaching the topic um you and, and and asking around it, and, and it's a bit of a skill, but we we offer some advice on that um, in the book. I mean, the point is have a conversation with those people and try and get the data from them firsthand. Um, another common one, and this is a quick example mm-hmm. as yeah, well. Cool. If, if, I mean, is is on one web, website um, there was a there was a, a particular handbag. This is a this is a famous brand, um, and they sell through their own stores um, online and on the high street. But they also sell through concessions um, in bigger department stores, and 
on in bricks and mortar in the concessions and in their own stores, this particular handbag was selling really well. It was a, a, a top performer. On the website, they were getting a lot of traffic to this particular handbag, but it just wasn't converting. It wasn't selling. Now, that's merchandising analytics coming into it because mm-hmm. that's how we discover it. That's how we uh, – how we uh, so, so in this case, a book uh, look-to-book ratio, you know, the number of people who, who look at a product compared to the number who buy that particular product, and then then it, uh, it, it jumps out. Um, and we had a lot of debates about what could be causing that um, and uh, the, you know, lots of assumptions. And what it turned out to be was that people online weren't sure how to match this handbag with boots or, you know, clothing, wow. dress. And, and this was not one of the options that came up in our brainstorm. Um, and the only reason we could, have, we could have come up with that was to go to users and to observe them and to ask them questions and to talk to them. And overwhelmingly, that is the message uh, that came out. But it's not the kind of thing that people really think of so consciously that a month later they can give you that answer. Um, you know, it's it's the kind of thing in the moment you have to catch them and uh, and uh, and then ask them. And um, yeah, this is the kind of fascinating insights that um, um, often you're on completely the wrong track. Well. <laughs> Worse yeah. is you don't know about it, and that's the point of merchandising analytics. At least then you you have visibility on those opportunities. And I'm guessing in that example with the handbag, you were putting a a live chat type thing, deploying on that page after they've been on there a while to ask them what else they needed to know or something along those lines. Yeah, it was an exit pop up. So you know these um, uh, on site polls uh, that that slide in from the bottom right of the screen typically, uh, and um, the question. So, so we set it up to to uh, flag up when the user was about to abandon that page. So it's only people who leave that page. Uh, We didn't take any action. And the question was something blunt, like, why did you not buy this product? You know, in face and open text response. Don't you hold them them into... um, uh, Did you not buy this product because you don't like the photograph? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going to guess. Right, yeah, and that was awesome. But it's now time to go into the top tips round. Okay. Now, I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our business to the next level. So, Johan, first up is the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? It would be Blue Ocean Strategy. I mean, it's it's a oh. difficult question and I'm, you know, it feels wrong just singling out one, but that would be the one that I single out. But if I may, I won't add another book. I'll add another strategy, which is rather take that time to do a speed reading course um, because in that way you can – read far more books and retain far more of the uh, of the information it's one of the best men, best investments i've made in my life i read a book a night and i retain the important information um so i'd rather wow. do that there's a proper top tip okay um the traffic top tip then which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves Okay, so let's talk about the uh, that doesn't get the press it deserves um it's a little bit old school but pr Public relations, yeah, yeah. yeah. Any uh, particular we, part of PR that's your personal well, favourite? 
Well, um, no, I think it's it's going to be different for 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 everyone. We we've applied it in our business, in our agency. We we've applied it in the book, um, and um, you know, it's I've applied it in in um, in previous businesses uh, that I was working in. So I was uh, I ran at some point uh, a wine retailer, an online wine retailer, mm-hmm. and we grew that business through PR. Um, it's a highly competitive. It's it's not blue ocean at all. It's completely red ocean, <laughs> um, but. But um, that's where I saw the immense power of PR if you do it properly. Um, yeah, it, and it's, it's one that, you know, we if we operate online, we tend to kind of not even think of it. Mm-hmm. It's not even like it's there and we discount it. We just don't think of it. Okay, excellent. And the tool top tip, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plug in a phone app or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? So we we rely on tools heavily. I mean, we we're a, we're a remote team, so we've got um, most people are based uh, in the UK, um, but we have people in the US, we have people in South Africa, where I am at the moment, and uh, we've got people uh, around the world. So we need to be able to work together um, effectively uh, across different continents. And of course, this is a this is a growing model. Um, so there, there, you know, these are all the usual suspects. It's <laughs> it's things that you'd expect. Um, uh, but if I had to single out one, I'm going to be boring and say Slack. Um, and the great thing about Slack is that uh, all the communication, all the perishable communication in one place. And if you if you plug in all these various third-party apps into it so things i mean whatever tools you use you know it's 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 flexible like that then the way our slack is set up is everything slack is the hub um but everything all the other tools that we use um inject information into it so it's the it's the only thing that i have to have open um and and all these various tools in the broader ecosystem they all talk to slack and it's the one place where i can go it's the hub where 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 everything uh, where everything sits so that's uh, that would be the one that i single out Marvellous. Then the startup top tip. If you met someone this weekend who's thinking of starting an e-commerce business, what would be your first tip for them? Get out of your office. Talk to your customers. Um, the, <laughs> doing interviews. We've spoken about that earlier. That, that's that's good. Sending out surveys. That's good. But nothing beats getting out and actually talking to your customers. And if you're just starting up and you haven't got customers, people who are potential customers. Um, I spoke about this wine retailer that I was running mm-hmm. uh, previously, and I was I was CEO and I was delivering wine on weekends, and people would say, "But you're crazy! You know, this is not the right application of your time." And I would say, "It's exactly the right application of my time. When I deliver wine on a weekend, I'm meeting my customers. I'm meeting people who're spending money on my site. I get to talk to them. I get to see who they are. I get to see their context, and um, I, I I think it's it's the best thing you can do." Awesome. Well, Master Plan World, you can find those top tips and links to everything else we've been chatting about in today's episode by going to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast, where you'll see a link to this show. Johan, before we say goodbye, could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and your book on the web and social media? Yeah, right. So, um, 
The book is published by uh, Kogan Page, and it is available on uh, our website, so my agency's website, AWA Digital, it's awa-digital.com. Um, it's available on Amazon, and it's also, there's a 20% discount for people who are on this uh, podcast um, oh, wow. from the publisher. So you can go to the Kogan Page uh, website, and I've got a short URL for you. So it's bit.ly forward slash ecombook, one word. E uh, capital and book B for book capital. So forward slash E com book E and B capital. And then I'll read this slowly. The code P M K E M P two zero. Maybe you can put that in the show notes. That will give you a 20% discount. I promise you, everybody, that will be in the show notes. So you can quickly link link through to the Kogan Page website and get that 20% discount on the book. And let's just remind you what the book is called. It is e-commerce website optimization, why 95% of your website visitors don't buy and what you can do about it by Dan Crox and John and Johan van Tonder, who we've been lucky enough to have with us today. Well, Johan, thank you for everything you've shared today. It's been truly awesome. Um, guys, you can find the links to everything at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast, where you'll find the link to this to this particular show. Um, thank you, Johan. It's been, been excellent having you on. Thank you, Chloe. It's been a great chat. Thanks for having me. Wow. Well, Johan certainly knows his stuff, doesn't he? I thought that was, um, was a fascinating dive into a couple of areas of what we shall no longer call conversion rate optimization, but maybe we shall call, well, clearly we're going to call it conversion rate optimization, but what we should all be thinking of is how can we get more people to buy um, who come to the website. Now, if you liked that, the, the link is bit.ly forward slash, oh, sorry, bit.ly slash ecom, capital E, book, capital B, and then there's a code to use when you get the, to the site to get the 20% off, which is PMKEMP20. And I'll put that in the show notes for you. But I thought I'd just repeat that for those of you who are wanting to, to get it down. Um, and I hope you found that one useful. I think it's a brilliant book. I have read it cover to cover and um, and it really got me thinking and got me focusing in, as you could tell from hopefully from the interview. If you are intrigued by the world of CRO, UX, etc., then we had an interview earlier this year on a similar subject with another author in the space who's called Matt Isherwood. Um, you can find that podcast. It was number, she says hastily looking it up, uh, Matt was number 111. So we're currently on 116. He's 111, so just a couple of weeks ago. Um, and that will give you some more ideas and thoughts about optimising the traffic on your website to get more sales and how to go about doing it. We talk a lot more about design with Matt. So design your bag and have a listen to that one. And um, if you're interested in listening more to your customer, which I know we talk about a lot, but which I'm um, I know a lot of people struggle with what listening in inverted commas actually means. There's now a checklist available on the e-commerce master plan website that you can get, which has lots of different ways in which you can go about listening to your customer, depending on the problem you're having. You can get that for free. Just head to the site um, and scroll down to the bottom and you'll find the link to all our freebies. And then you can go and sign up for that one. So I hope that helps you too. Now, if you've found this useful or you've got any extra questions, please do put them in the um, the Facebook group. You'll find that at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash Facebook or head to Facebook itself and search for the e-commerce master plan world group. Look forward to seeing you all in there. Uh, have a great week, all of you, and keep optimising. 
Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com.